Hi, this is Ricardo, pastor of Journey Church Ventura. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Hope you're having a great week. We hope it's life-giving and life-changing. Take care. Amen. Amen. It's so good to see you guys this morning. I hope you had a great time of worship. I felt the power of the presence of God during that time. I hope you were ministered to. Um, there's one goal that we have every Sunday, and that is you will walk out of here not saying, wow, that was Pastor Ricardo showed up, or whatever the case may be, or, or Milo was amazing, or, you know, did you hear that guitar? Oh, that's really good. But what we want you to hear most is, I met with God today. I met with God today. And so hopefully this will just be icing on the cake. And uh, God will just has, you've already met with God. I know I have. And it's a wonderful morning. We are in a series called Why? Why? Answering some questions to some things in our lives that are sometimes difficult, sometimes complicated. Um, I don't know about you, but last week we dealt with the issue of why pain? Why is there pain in our lives? And there's reasons for that. And we talked about all of that. If you didn't have a chance to hear that, I encourage you to uh, go back and listen to that either online or in our app or wherever you choose to go. But um, there's some great uh, information and hopefully inspiration about why we're going through this pain, how we can embrace it and how we can grow through it. And I think that's really, really important. Today, we're going to talk about why we shouldn't worry. Why we shouldn't worry. Are you worried? No? Okay, good. Good. Are you worried about me talking about worry? Because this is going to, this is hitting me square in the face. Hitting me square in the face. And, and I think there, there's this thing that's going on in our world today. And, and uh, if you don't know what anxiety is, um, it just means that, that you, you must be in a really good spot. Okay, because there's, there's reasons that people feel anxiety. They, they worry about our culture. They worry about getting robbed. They worry about all the things that are happening in our world today. And there's, there's this tension that we feel. And when we feel that tension, it's a form of, of worry or anxiety. And it's, it's a, it's some would call it an epidemic. Some would call it this most challenging time in our culture right now where everybody's kind of on edge and it's a, it's a version of worry. Well, <clears throat> worry is, is sometimes, I would say, we, we could make an excuse why it's, it's okay to have it. I mean, things can go wrong in our lives. Things can be challenging in our lives. But there's one thing that makes you and me different. And that is simply this, is that we have a God who's completely in control. Amen. We have a God who's completely in control. And, and that's, that's what's different. Last week I said the statement that we, live, we don't live different lives. All of us go through the same things everybody else goes through on this planet. But what we do do is never say do do in the same. You know. <laughs> but what we do is we live life differently. We don't just, we don't live different lives. All of us go through the same stuff, but we live life differently. Which simply means that we are living a life that includes God. And when God's in control, when God is, is overseeing our lives, when, when we've said and submitted our lives to Christ, then everything changes at that point. Everything changes. Everything happens differently. And so today, we're going to talk about worry. And <clears throat> the reason we shouldn't worry is simply that we have a God who's completely in control, who's omnipotent, all-powerful, who's omniscient, all-knowing, and who is omnipresent. Ever, ever, he's everywhere. 
And when we can trust a God like that, we can trust Him that no matter what the circumstance, no matter what is happening to us, that is normal in our world, or abnormal in our world, if you will, it, no matter what, we have someone we can put our faith and trust in. Now here's what causes worry. And the Lord dropped this in my heart. He, he showed me a picture of where it began. Where worry began. And it's in this very simple, most people know and understand the story of Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve. Let me read it to you in Genesis chapter 3. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord, had, the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, so we got a serpent talking. That's a little strange. Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? So the enemy first plants a question, a doubt, a thought in our hearts. The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. This is where worry started. This is where the understanding of feeling as if I don't have everything I need. Something is missing. Some, I need more. I need so, something is going to go wrong. Something I need, whatever I can do to solve this concern in my heart, I need to grasp it. And, and, and the serpent is saying, hey, what you really need is the fruit from that tree. You know what was really interesting? Is they walk through this garden. The tree of, of knowledge and good and evil is in the middle of the, in the garden. It says it's right there in the middle. But what was all around them? More trees. Oranges peaches, whatever kind of tree you want to think of. It was there, and, and, and the fruit was good, and there was just tons of opportunity and supply, and there was nothing missing. But the enemy will come along and say, something's missing. You need to be the solution to your problem. You need to be the one that steps in and, and solves the problem. If the enemy can get us to believe that we are the solution to our perceived shortage or, of supply, then he will convince us to solve our own problems. And when we begin to solve our own problems, that's where sin starts. That's where worry begins. That's where like, oh, it's all on me. It's all on me to meet my needs. It's all on me to solve my problems. It's all on me. When we have a God that is omnipotent, omniscient, and ever-present, there's nothing bigger than God. There's nothing better than God. But if the enemy can put in our heads that we, we don't have enough or that we're running short on wisdom or knowledge or fruit or jalapenos or whatever, you know, whatever we're running short on, if we can doubt, if, if he can get us to doubt God's wisdom and doubt God's truth, then what are we going to do? We're going to worry. Why? Because it's on us, right? 
The weight's on you and me. The weight's on you and me to solve the problem. The weight is on you and me to come up with the answer. The weight is on you and me. And, and quite often, the problem is far bigger than we are. Far bigger than our issue. Far bigger than our circumstance. Far bigger than what we're going through. It's just amazing to me that each day they benefited from God's supply of an entire garden. By the way, I can't even imagine what the Garden of Eden looked like. It had to be incredible. I'm not much of a gardener. My dad kind of ruined gardening for me because all it was was pulling weeds, which was the result of sin. There weren't weeds before, (laughs) before sin. There weren't thorns. There weren't thistles. There were just beautiful garden. That's all there was. And I don't like gardens anymore because they, they just grow weeds. But they were convinced, even though they had everything around them, that they needed more. That they needed something else. That they, they, they needed to be the solve or the, 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 the solution to their problems. And here's what we need to understand, is what God gives us is enough is enough when he gives us what he gives us we don't need to go looking for other things it's called covetousness it's called envy it's called it's a it's in the list of sins that that we fall into because we think or we've been convinced to doubt god's promise we've been convinced to not trust his supply that's all around us but we want that one thing right we need that one more thing. We need that extra thing. We need that certain thing that we think, that we've been convinced, will satisfy our hunger. So why shouldn't we worry? I've already said it, because God's big. Because He's omnipotent. He's omniscient. He's ever-present. He has all the skills and abilities. But I, I like Luke chapter 12, where it talks about the reason for not worrying. And it says simply this. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food. And I have a hard time with this passage. (laughs) And the body more than clothes. Okay, so we just start with this little bit of passage that says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, don't worry. Don't worry. Be happy. All right? That's all you'll get from me. We'll leave the singing to Milo. All right? But don't worry about your life. Don't worry about it. Why? What you will eat or your body, what you will wear. For life is more. Life is more. Life is more. Say it with me. Life is more than food and body more than clothes. There's more to life than the things that we get captured up in. There's more to life than what the enemy wants us to think, that we need more. Or that we're the solution to our problems, or that we're the solution to the need that we perceive is in our lives. There's more. Life is more than food and body, more than clothes. I love it. The, the, the real... Um, <clears throat> The Greek meaning of the word life is simply your psyche or your soul, which means that it's more about what's inside than outside. It's more about what's going on inside your life than the food or the clothing. We'll see that in just a moment. There's more important things to life than food or clothing. So live life. 
That's what this passage is saying. Live life. Live it. Don't worry about it. Live it. Enjoy it. Soak up what's around you. Soak up and enjoy the things that are, are, are right in front of you instead of the thing that you think, oh, I've got to have that. I'm, I have all this. Yes, it's wonderful, but I need this. Or I've got I to gotta solve my problem, and, and I don't trust God to come through, I'm, so I'm going to do it myself. It's not good. Verse 24 says this, Then <clears throat> consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn. Yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable you are than the birds. Can you say more valuable? Just say more valuable. Say it again. More valuable. And how much more valuable you are than birds. Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? So interesting, there's a couple really interesting points here. The raven was considered an unclean animal in Leviticus. In the Old Testament, it tells us that the raven is an unclean animal. So Jesus uses the example of something unclean that isn't even worthy of God's care, but God cares for the unclean thing anyway. That's amazing. And then he says, how much more, how much more, Valuable you are than the birds, than the unclean things. You are so valuable. Who of you by worrying can add a little thing, add a single hour to your life? Just one hour. And we've been told, you know, if you drink uh, this green juice that tastes like hay, you know, you might be able to add a couple hours to your life. And we think we're in control, right? We think we're doing all the right things. We think we're eating all the good things. And I'm not saying that that's bad, but really, are we in that, in that much control to try and add an hour? The, the scripture is simply saying, and Jesus is simply saying, listen, you don't have the power to add an hour. Why are you worried about your clothing? Why are you worried about your food? Why are you worried about the essentials in life? If God cares for these birds, how much more does he care for us? so powerful, so powerful. If we can't change the little things, then why are we trying to change the big things? I was um, at a memorial uh, this last week, and I was on the pier because the, the, the memorial was going to be right there uh, just in, in memory of your boyfriend and Jesus. And, and it was a, a, a very cool experience uh, when I got there, I got there early, and I was standing on the pier, and um, <clears throat> I was watching the waves come in. And in front of the waves were all these little tiny birds. And these little tiny birds were hilarious. They would uh, run out when the water went out, and then as soon as the, the wave came in, they'd run back in like this, and they'd run away from the waves, and they didn't want to get wet. And, uh, right th- and each time they ran in, they would be poking their nose into the sand to get the the, the food that's in the sand. And every time they did that, I felt like the Lord said, Ricardo, I got you. I got you. I'm feeding these little guys. How much more are you important than these little guys? These little guys that would run with the wave and they'd run away from the wave and there was this one bird, there was this one bird that was hilarious. All the other birds were going like this. He'd, he'd run away about halfway, and then he'd go, poof, and he'd dive into the wave. 
And I think he was that guy that's like going, I don't care about the wave. I'm just going to get what God's given me, right? I want to be that guy. I want to be that guy that just says, I'm not afraid of the world. I'm not afraid of that. I'm just going to dive in and take what God's got for me. They were funny, and, and it was fun to watch, but I just felt very clearly like the Lord said, listen, those little birds I'm taking care of by putting food in the sand, I got you. You're so much more valuable than they are. And that's true of all of us. Verse 27 says, Consider how the wildflowers grow. They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more, say it with me, how much more will he clothe you? You of little faith. How much more? I'm always amazed when I take a look at, at nature and I take a look at, at, at flowers. I'm not much of a nature guy, so don't think I'm all into that. But when I do take notice, I start looking at a flower and I just realize if you look inside that flower, first of all, just the petals of the, the flower, the design, the, the detail that goes into that, the little fuzzy things on the end of the little uh, nectar parts that are inside the flower. Have you ever t- taken a close look? And then you get really close and you see that bee and it stings you in the face. No, I'm just kidding. <clears throat> but I mean, the, the, just the, the, the design, the, the creativity, all of those things. My wife, by the way, is a, is a fabulous gardener. She's amazing. And uh, <clears throat> she is able to seemingly make anything grow. I'm able to kill anything. And so, um, but she, the, the, the things that she grows and the flowers that come out and all the things that are in our backyard are just amazing to see how detailed all that is. All we do is water them. She trims them and keeps them all, you know, looking pretty and organized and all that kind of stuff, but she has no control over the growth of that flower. She has no control. She doesn't make it look the way it does. God does. How much more? How much more? How much more is he involved in your life? How much more is he the one that's dressing you and clothing you and putting you together, giving you the ability to buy what you wear and and the shoes that you wear? I was looking at Milo's shoes, and I was like, oh, those are nice kicks. I wish I was cool enough to wear those. But how much more? How much more is he giving attention to the detail of your life? How much more is he giving the attention to our lives so that we can experience the beauty and the grandeur of his creative Uh, experience in our lives how much more you guys god's got you god's got us and there's no need to worry the point is this is that we need to have faith in god again it's not about our need it's about our trust it's not about our need it's about our trust it's it's who god is And we need to connect with that and realize that the God of the universe, the one that spoke the worlds into existence, the one that hung the moon and the stars up there, the one who is in control of everything, is involved in your life and my life. We're not too small for him to be concerned about us. If God concerns himself for the things that will perish, how much more for those that won't. 
Did you hear that? Look at the end of this passage. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, and tomorrow is thrown into the fire. In other words, he's taking care of things that are going to burn up, that will have no value soon. How much more will he take care of you and me who have eternal value? Come on. Verse 29, and do not set your heart on, your heart. Do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. Okay. I'm okay. Back to food again. (laughs) I'll struggle with this passage. For the pagan world runs after all such things, and your father knows that you need them. What's the pagan world have to do with this? In other words, people without God worry about food and clothing. People without God worry about all the stuff. People with God are worried about their, all the things they're trying to acquire when we have the privilege of living life differently. Yes, we need food. Yes, we need clothing. Yes, we need housing. We need all those things. But yes, we have God. There's no, there's no difference between us, but we do have a different perspective, and that is that God provides whatever we need. Whatever we need. It's all for His glory. It's all for Him. And it says this at the very end of this, but seek His kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. As well. The things that, that the pay in the world, the, 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 the world without Jesus, the things that they seek, we're going to get, but we have to put God first. Amen. Now, that's not prosperity gospel. That's not saying if you, you love God, you're going to get all the goodies that Bill Gates has, or you're going to get all the stuff that I've often defined. When I went through uh, my anxiety issue a long time ago, I realized that what it was is me trying to take on everything on my own that the success of our church was on me. The success of my marriage was on me. The success of my kids was on me. The success of my finances was on me. The success of everything around me was on me. And as a result, I kept taking the load and taking the load and taking the load and taking the load, and pretty soon, I burst. And, and you know, I'm, I'm pastor of this church, and I'm I'm falling apart, and I'm, I, I come apart. I mean, I, I came completely apart. And what I didn't do is put God first in all those things and think that I was the first in all those things. And I started carrying that weight and carrying that burden and carrying those things, and pretty soon it was overload. And I, and I come apart. And that's what's happening to people in our world today that don't have God to depend on and to trust and to to hope in and to realize that, hey, I may have what most people might consider a little, but I have enough. What God's given me is all that I need. What I I need to not look for the tree in the middle. I need to accept and, and enjoy all the things that are around that tree because that's what God's given me. And it's enough. It's enough. Seek his kingdom. And I like the end of this. In verse 32, it says simply this. Do not be afraid, little flock. Do not be afraid, little flock. Streets of gold. Where gold is just pavement. 
And, and, and that's, that's just un, unfathomable. I don't get it. I don't understand what heaven's going to be like. I don't have a comprehension. We have some ideas. We have a, a human perspective. We have finite perspective of what heaven might, may, may look like. There's, there's all kinds of gems that are building the buildings and all kinds of things on the gates and all those things. But really? What is that going to be like? And most importantly, we get to spend time with God forever. The kingdom. Don't be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. In other words, right-size your priorities. That's a hard statement here in America. That's a tough one. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. And then it says, provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will never fail, where no thief comes near or no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So how do we stop worrying? We invest in the place that is guaranteed. The investment term is return on investment. Return on investment. All of us who have 401ks or have stock portfolios or whatever, we want the investment to grow, right? The only guarantee you have. The only one. This is not a a prospectus that says, well, previous, um, previous gains in this particular stock are not guaranteed. Right? You can invest in this world, but previous... Uh, uh, experience or previous gains in this stock is not guaranteed. Good luck, in other words. It's up to you. It's on you. But this says, provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out. That doesn't make, make your purse. It says, put, where, put your stuff where it will never wear out. A treasure in heaven that will never fail, where no thief comes near or no, and no moth destroys, for where your treasure is. There your heart will be also. In other words, worry will always be where our investment is. What matters most to you is what's going to cause you to worry. What matters most to you is going to cause you to have concern. And yeah, I, there are times where I've, I've had to worry about my kids. Both of my daughters, and, and if you're listening, I'm going to tell a story on you and I owe you money now. The deal with pastors is you get, if you tell a story about your kids, you have to pay them money. But both of them had like off years, years where they kind of drifted. And I got deeply worried for my kids. I love my daughters immensely. But I had to be reminded that they weren't mine. That when I dedicated them to the Lord, that was real. And I had to be reminded that, hey, they're in God's hands. They're God's kids. And the God who is is in this verse, in this passage right here, who cares for them much more than birds and, and all the things of this world, cares for them. And I had to be reminded of that. And, and I had to understand that although my heart, my soul is invested in these children, my trust has to be in God. And I had to let go. And I had to let the Lord do his thing. And, and, and I wanted to solve my daughter's problems. I wanted to, to, to solve their challenges. There's the first time I've ever had murderous thoughts that were genuine and real was when they started dating. 
And I had to let those thoughts go. Many of you have, who have daughters, and you know what I mean. Worry is not about our need, it's about our trust. Invest in the kingdom where the return is guaranteed. Where that return on investment is guaranteed. Re- invest in the kingdom. This isn't a, a sermon about money, it's a sermon about our hearts. Where have we put the most important things? Where are our priorities? What, whom are we trusting in? This whole passage starts with a story. And I left the story at the end because I want to kind of show you the prequel to the story that Jesus told just before, uh, to, to the message that he told us. He said in Luke chapter 12, verse 13, it says this. Someone in the crowd said to him, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. In other words, somebody was worried about their share. Jesus replied, man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said to them, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in, the, in an abundance of possessions. In an abundance of possessions. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be for whoever stores up things for themselves but is not rich towards God. And then he taught that message that I've just preached. This man who decided that everything was about himself, everything was about making sure his needs were going to be met. In other words, the enemy had convinced him that if he could meet all of his needs, then he could just kick back and make sure that all of his needs, and, and, and they were met. Many of us put our trust, our faith in the, in the retirement plan that we have or, or the savings account that we've built up and all those things. And none of those things are bad in and of themselves, but they can be if they become the point where we are worried about them. Worried about their balance or worried about the return. Worried about all those things when we're not trusting God. Because our worry is not about <clears throat> our need, but about our trust. The more we have, the bigger the worry. The less we trust, the more we think we need. Isn't that crazy? It seems backwards. It seems sideways. It seems like we we go the wrong direction. But here's the bottom line. Why shouldn't we worry? Because it's not about our need. It's about our trust. Whom are we trusting? Who are we putting our faith in? Ourselves? Our own perspective, our own, our own thinking that we have it figured out? Or are we trusting God who has definitely has it all figured out? We shouldn't worry because our Father knows and we are much more to Him than the little things. You are much more. Look at your neighbor and say, you are much more. Because God is Jehovah Jireh. That, that term is our provider 
It's a name for God. It says Jehovah Jireh means our provider. Or God is our provider. And he is enough. So my last questions to you are, has the enemy convinced you to meet your own wants and perceived needs? Has the enemy convinced you that you will need more than you have? Has the enemy caused you to doubt God's promise of provision? Has the enemy turned you to the pagan approach to solving all your own problems? Has he caused you to doubt God's truth? And if so, we're falling into that trap of worry. We're falling into that trap of accepting the weight of responsibility on everything. We were never intended to carry that weight. The birds are fed by God. The flowers and the trees and everything are created and sustained by God. That it won't last. They're going to burn up. They're going to die. And yet he cares for them. How much more does he care for you? You may have walked in here today with a bunch of weight on your shoulders, with a whole bunch of burdens that you're carrying. And today, I want to invite you to begin to consider how to lay them down before the Lord and say, God, I have to trust you with them. No matter what it is, it may be a sickness, it may be a relationship that's broken, it may be finances that are challenging, and sometimes we get, we get our, ourselves in the worry because of what we've chosen to do, try and solve our own problems. But no matter the case, no matter the situation, no matter the, the circumstance, God wants to meet you at your point of need. He wants to show you how much more He cares for you than all the little things that we tend to worry about. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much that we are so much more than the birds of the air, the the flowers in the field. You're so much more capable of meeting us at our point of need. You're so much more capable of touching our lives and ministering to every aspect of our hearts. And right now, there's people in this room, Lord, that are struggling, that are, that are, are feeling the burdens of life, that are feeling the, the weight of burdens. And I know, Lord, that you tell us to cast all our cares on you because you care for us. Cast all our burdens to you so that you can carry them for us. And I pray right now that you would begin to speak to each individual in this room. And help us, Lord, to know to trust you. Help us to know that Your supply is right here in you, not in the things of the world, not in the things that the world chooses to to make a priority, but that our trust is in you, the provider, the Jehovah Jireh of our lives. I pray, Father, for those that are struggling. Maybe some are struggling in school and they just don't know how to get through this class or they don't know how to go through this life challenge that they're facing. Maybe some that are dating and experiencing the challenge of that relationship. Maybe some that are, 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 are worried about their house or worried about their job or worried about the review that's coming up or worried about all the things that go on in our lives. May the power of your Holy Spirit, this moment, reveal yourself as provider, as the one who, who loves them much more, who will provide for them much more than anything else in this world. I pray your blessing on them right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Maybe you came in this this morning and you're feeling this anxiety, this tension, and you're nervous, you're scared, you're afraid. 
I want to pray specifically for you. I'm going to ask that every head bow and every eye closed just for the moment, for the sake of privacy. If that's you, would you just raise your hand and say, Pastor, I'm anxious today. I want, I need prayer. Amen. 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 Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel for you because I know the feeling. I know the feeling of not having the answer. I know the feeling of feeling afraid of fear. And God's got you. You mean so much more to him. You mean so much more to him. And he will take care of your needs. He will lead you down the path of trust and confidence and security that you're wanting and desiring for your own life. Lord, I pray for these hands that have been raised. I pray that the power of your Holy Spirit would touch them and minister to them right now in Jesus' name. I pray that you, God, would speak life into their hearts and lives, that, Lord, their their burdens are not hopeless, but they're hopeful because you are omnipotent. You are all-powerful. You are Jehovah Jireh. You're a provider. You're the strength of our lives. You're the refuge that we can find in our, in our challenges and our, our hopes. You are the one who defeated the enemy. And we know, Lord, that you can silence his voice. The lying spirit that is, is speaking doubt to the truth of God's provision in these lives. I pray that that voice be silenced in Jesus' name. And God, I pray that you give hope and strength and courage to each heart that raised their hands. Lord, we know that these are desperate times and we know these are difficult moments, but we know that you are greater than any circumstance, any situation that is is present right now. I give you thanks and I give you praise for that. I pray your blessing on every heart right now in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Maybe you're here this morning and you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I just want to invite you to pray this simple prayer. Maybe you've realized you're trying to carry your own burdens. You're trying to fix your own life. And really the only way to fix your life, the only way to have it fixed is through Jesus Christ. He's your hope. He's your strength. And we simply make two confessions that Jesus You are my forgiver. You're the one who can forgive me of my sins. And Jesus, I believe that you were raised from the dead. If we confess our sins, the Bible tells us that he will forgive us of our sins and take all unrighteousness from our lives. Maybe that's you today. And you want to ask Jesus to forgive you. And you believe that he was raised from the dead. That three days later after he died, he rose again and we have eternal life as our hope. And if that's you today, I want you to say this simple prayer after me. You don't have to say it out loud. You can just say it between you and God. But dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sin. I'm a sinner and I need your forgiveness. And I ask that you would forgive me of my sin. And I accept that forgiveness based on the work you did on the cross today. I thank you for that, Lord. I thank you for forgiving me. And I believe that you were raised from the dead. And I will spend eternity with you because you live eternally. And I trust you, and I put my faith in you, and I will follow you for the rest of my life. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to join your journey. And I hope the message made a big difference in your life. And if it did, we just encourage you to go to journeychurchventura.com and let us know. Also, be free to share this message with your friends and family. We just love to impact as many people as we can. 
Once again, thank you for joining us at Journey Church Ventura.